Yeah. Since we're such a small group, I'm just going to pass this back if anybody feels led to um, give a, an offering. Please feel free to do so, so pass it back. So how many of you actually uh, looked at the, the uh, file that was sent out ahead of time? Oh, wow. Couple? That's, that's really good. Um, you know, we're, we try to do that more and more often to try to, s to, we try to send the word out, the sermon out ahead of time. Uh, several of us do anyway. And uh, it's, it's helpful to you because it gives you a, gives you a, a, a time to start um, preparing your heart for, for what it is that, that God wants to say to you. Um, but also, um, we don't necessarily then repeat all the details of everything that's in that. Um, so, but we're going we're gonna to be talking today about um, identity. And it, it came to me that, that we all pray for revival. You know, we're always praying for revival, and you hear these big calls of praying for revival, and we should all be praying that for revival. And I... I it just came to me that, yes, we should be praying for revival. Praise God. But revival needs to start right here in each one of us. And that unless we start reviving, then revival isn't going to take place. It just, it's just not going to happen. Um, and, and that whole issue of revival, what does, what does revive mean? Bring back to life. And, and so, so when we're praying for revival, we're praying that God would bring us back to life. What life? What, what, are, we, what are we praying that he would bring us back to? Oh, our first love. There's lots of, there's lots of, there's lots of good answers for that. But we, we don't really think about it. We pray for revival without thinking about what it is that we're praying to be revived back to. You know, bring, bring people back to consciousness. Consciousness of what? And, and I, I can't help but think that revival has to do with our identity, with who we really are. Wake us up to who we really are because that's what revival is all about. And if, and if revival is going to take place in our nation, in our world, it's going to be because we have started to understand who we really are. And we are going to start acting in accordance with who we are. And so that's, that's what I'll be talking about. And, and I'm going to be giving plenty of time for us to talk about that in small groups. And i I got to admit, now Lin Linda, will, Linda will tell you, that is my least favorite thing to do in the services, the small groups. I, want, I mean, I want to hear people talk, and I want to hear the, I want to hear the scriptures. And I, and I always think, oh, man, we have to do the small group thing. Shoot. You know? But every week, you know, I, I go into it saying, maybe I can make an excuse. Maybe I need to go do, oh, I know, probably I need to, no, baby, I better do this. Every week I find that to just be so valuable. And in spite of the fact that I kind of go into it grudgingly, <laughs> I always get so much out of it. So last night um, we were sitting 
and I was doing the crossword puzzle, and I finally finished it, and so I picked up Time Magazine. And you know, Time Magazine, if any of you have ever read Time Magazine, they've got this one page in there where they've got, they do it by the numbers, and they've got all these statistics and numbers and stuff. And I was absolutely fascinated because it said, and I'm not sure that I'll get the percentage right, and it doesn't really matter because Paul says all, all statistics are made up on the spot. Anyway, 90, what does he say? 85% of statistics are made up on the spot. I love that. Um, but it said something like 60% of the people that answer what their um, heritage is or their lineage, you know, whether you're white or you're, you're, whether you're Caucasian or whether you're black or whether you're American Indian or whether, 60% of the people that answered that in one census changed it 10 years over the 10 years to the next census. Can you imagine that? I mean, they, they, they said, yeah, this is my identity. I'm, I'm Caucasian. And then 10 years later said, nope, nope, I'm, I'm American Indian. <laughs> nope, I'm, I'm black. <laughs> okay, well, that's very, very interesting. But it, it just struck me that we don't really know what our identity is. So I want to talk a little bit about what our identity is. When we pray for revival, we need to be sure of what we are praying for. What is it? And so I want to take us to one scripture, 2 Corinthians 11. Well, I'll take us to more than that. But 2 Corinthians 11.3, and that one is up here, where Paul says, but I fear. I'm worried about this, he says. This is something that, this is something that concerns me. Because just as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Like, wow. Paul, Paul has a concern that we're going to get corrupted. Our minds will be corrupted from that simplicity that is in Christ. And so I started looking things up in that. And I'm not a, I'm not a Greek scholar, just probably like most of you aren't either. But, you know, there's a lot of good tools out there. And I started looking this up. And the words translated, simplicity that is in Christ, the, word that is trans the words that are translated that, could be better understood as the singleness of our identity in Christ. The singleness of our identity in Christ. You can go to the next the next one too. It's and you can you can look that up yourself if you if you don't if if you don't if it doesn't jive with you fine go look it up yourself and see what you think but but it just struck me that that it's talking about who we really are. And it's talking about our minds understanding that, our minds grasping that. Paul is concerned that 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 our minds will get off of who we are. And he's referring here, of course, back to Genesis. And, and, you know, we all know the story. But he's referring to Adam and Eve being deceived into eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So his, his sin, the, their sin, he's saying, was not so much the eating of this forbidden fruit, whatever that was, all right, but in believing that their identity wasn't already in the image and likeness of God. God started out by saying, let us create them in our image and likeness. Satan's selling point was that you will be like God. Well, we're already like God. Hebrews 1, um, verse 3 
says that Jesus is the exact representation of God. Jesus is the exact representation of God. That's really important for us to know. But when we think about who Jesus is then, Jesus is in us, and we are in Christ, and, and there's numerous scriptures that say that. So it's not just one place. We are in Christ, and he is in us. If he is the exact representation of God, then what are we? Gosh. He, we are made in his image and likeness, and we are the exact representation of God. Romans 8.29 says those who, who he predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son. We are conformed to Christ's likeness. That's an amazing thought. We are the likeness of Christ. It's not we're trying to be and we're trying to grow into. It is that we are the likeness of Christ. Your identity is something different than what you do or how you act. Okay? We're seeing that our identity is something much deeper than that. And, and I, like, I like the last line. You know, once he'd, once he'd figured this out, once he'd made this happen for us, he sat down at the right hand of the Father. Why did he do that? Because he was done. He was finished. It says that in Hebrews as well. You know, he, he did his work, and then he sat down. He said, it's done. Your identity is a done deal. In Ephesians 4.25, it says you were created to be like God. You were created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. That's an amazing revelation. We have to understand that if we are made in his image and in his likeness, then, then we are made in the, in the DNA of God. That's what, that's what made in his image means. It, it's his, it, it, we're actually in his DNA. And when it says the likeness of God, that's, that's his character. That's his, that's his abilities and his, and his actions. We're made in that likeness of God. Eve, in believing that lie, moved from a standpoint of who she was, is, in God, to what she was supposed to do. She looked at this knowledge, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Why didn't God want us to look at that? Why didn't God want us to eat of that fruit? Because that's the knowledge of the law. It's the knowledge of the law. It's the thing that enslaves us to doing rather than being. And God knew that there was no way we could do it. The only way we could be what he wanted us to be was through him, through his son Christ, through the spirit. Romans 8 says there is no condemnation because we are in who? Christ Jesus. That's why there's no condemnation. It's because we are in him. It's not because we did something good. It's not because we avoided doing something bad. It's because we are in Christ Jesus. That's who we are. 
same place, uh, Romans 8, verse 4, says the law is fulfilled by Jesus in us. The law is fulfilled by Jesus in us, not by anything we say or anything we do. And again, what, a, what an amazing revelation. So the question is, what is your perception of your own identity? What does your mind tell you? Because that's what Paul was worried about. He was worried that, that your minds may be corrupted from the singleness in Christ, from your identity of who you are in Christ. So the question is, are you one who is loved and cherished, one with the Father? Are you one with the Holy Ghost? Are you one with Christ? Are you one in whom Christ dwells? Are you one through whom Christ reigns? Do you truly grasp who you are in Christ, who became for us the wisdom of God? And so what does that make us? The wisdom of God. Just, I mean, when you start reading these pieces in Scripture and connecting them to who you are, you are in Christ and Christ is in you. Everything, everything that comes out of it, you start going, whoa. You've all heard people say, well, you have the mind of Christ. Yes, we do. We have the mind of Christ. Well, what does that mean? What does that mean for you? Do you see yourself as a temple of the Holy Spirit and that, and that Christ lives in you? Do you see yourself that way? 2 Corinthians 5, 16 to 21, it just says... This Bible that I only use for preaching has these really skinny pages, and it's you, f you flip something over, and you're five books past where you're supposed to be. 2 Corinthians 5, verses 16 to 21. From now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. What if from now on we started seeing even ourselves from this spiritual point of view, this scriptural point of view? What if we agreed with the writer of Corinthians here that we're never going to look at ourselves again from a worldly point of view? We're going to look at ourselves from the identity that we've been given. And we're not going to look at anybody else from a worldly standpoint either. You look at the person sitting next to you, and no matter what you may think of that person and how he or she is dressed or what he or she does after church or what he or she does for a living, you're looking at the very representation of Christ. Boy, if that doesn't change how we think about each other, I'm not sure what ever will. Spend some time over this next week meditating on the New Testament descriptors of your identity. Um, Linda and I have been, as, have been just trying to live in, in some of this New Testament scripture lately. About, about our identity and about love. You know, um, Bob talked about that this morning. There's just, we can't, we can't begin to even grasp it, but we have to begin to grasp it. We can't begin to understand it, but we have to understand it. We can't begin to walk in it, but we have to walk in it. It's just, it's just amazing. Um, most of the scriptures, you can find a lot just in, in First and Second Corinthians. If you don't where to know where to find something, just go back and read First and Second Corinthians or read Romans or read Hebrews. 
they're just they're just chock full of who we are if again if you're not so familiar re- just read Romans 4 through 8 just just that one just chapters 4 through 8 not a big read not a long read but by the time you finish that you're going to say wow this is who I am you know as as kids we always we always ask people who do you think you are well i'm asking you that who do you think you are who do you think you are anyway so what are the implications of beginning to understand this identity well let me tell you something who we are and this this has a slide by the way who we are determines what we do who we are determines what we do but what we do does not define who we are this is vital for identity because every one of you are sitting in here at some at some level deep inside you're saying yeah that's fine I'm the exact representation of Christ but I'm a jerk I screwed up yesterday I I said lousy things to my wife today Um, I thought evil thoughts about somebody when I was watching the news last night and you're right we do it all the time I do it all the time but that's not who you are who you are will determine what you do not what you do determining who you are if you get those backwards you will be forever condemning of yourself you will be eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil instead of living in the identity of your Edenic Eden identity and this understanding will truly change your life it's the very basis of revival the dictionary definition remember of of revival is restoration to life or consciousness revival is a return to a consciousness of our true identity it's a rebirth into the image and likeness of God Romans 12 tells us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds this is an this is a thing that happens up here and in here it's not a thing that happens with our hands or with our feet or with the actions that we take it's the renewing of our minds revival must begin with a call to repentance but I want you to understand repentance in a different way today Repentance is not a cataloging of the knowledge of good and evil. It's not a going down your list of all the things that you did wrong today and yesterday and the day before. That was and always has been Satan's key deception. Because if he can get you to focus on all that, then he can get you to start thinking that your identity is tied up in a sinful nature. Repentance is turning back to our true identity and understanding that we are placed solidly into a right standing with God through what Jesus Christ did. That's repentance. It's the renewing of your mind. It's a turning back to what? To who we truly are. That's what repentance is. So if we're made in his image and likeness, what does that make us? Image means identical in species, the DNA, and, and likeness means identical in abilities and mannerisms. 
So here's what we're going to do. Um, if you would put that, um, oh, there's one more, I think. CJ, go to the next next one. Uh, no, keep going. Keep going, keep going. Ah, stop. No, go, go back one now. Um, the, this is, if for those of you for whom this is hard to grasp, we did a webinar recently about transformation, and it's, it's, it's more about what's coming next week. But it, it would be worth your time to spend some time looking at that. It's about 45 minutes long, and you'd have to copy down that, that uh, URL right there because it's a strange thing. Um, if, you, if you don't have a pencil or paper and you still want to find it out, ask Linda or me afterwards or email us, and we'll email you back. We're info at market70.com, info at market70.com. So, um, but it's worthwhile just spending a little bit of time understanding what we're called to, the bigger picture that we're called to, um, because we'll be talking next week about what identity is in terms of transformation. But today, we're going to spend the rest of our time in small groups. And here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to discuss the names of God. We've got some up here. There's certainly many more in Scripture. I'd like you to discuss the names of God, and from his name, which is where we derive our identity, from where we derive our identity, I want you to talk about what that means for you. What is our identity? If God is love, what are we? And what does that mean? How, what's, the, what's, the, what's the deep understanding of that for you? If God is creator and we are God's identity, wh what are we? What does that mean? You know, grasp, grapple with this a little bit. This is not an easy discussion. And so I give you permission now to challenge each other, to draw each other out, to question each other. I give you permission now to make sure that no one in your group gets this backwards. Don't let your discussion be, how do we love? Discuss instead what, how the identity of God is love in us and how that should flow out in our behavior. How that flows out, the identity flows out. Remember, what we do is determined by who we are, not the other way around. You don't get to love by what you do. You don't get to God is love and you are love by what you do. So, so give your permission to dig. Dig in that a little bit. Spend some time in it. Challenge each other. If you hear any kind of works language in each other, challenge each other. Say, whoa, 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 back up. Hold on. It's not about what we're doing. It's about who we are. So what, what does it mean when we say God is shepherd? What does that mean in us? What does it mean in my identity? How does it flow out? Like I said, this can be a little bit tougher discussion than you've had before, but it's really worth it. Because if you can start to grasp this true identity piece, you will be well on your way to being revived. So don't just pray for revival. Begin reviving. So I'm going to pray a blessing over you now and then ask you to split into groups of maybe three or four, not any bigger than that because I think it, it, it's going to be tough. 
Like I said, you're going to have to dig a little bit on this one. Uh, we're going to leave this up so that you've got some, some uh, words, although, again, uh, any descriptors you have of God, go ahead and use those. You don't have to use these. And then just dig into it. So, Father God, I pray your blessing on each and every one of us today. Father, it is your will from the very beginning that we be in your image and your likeness. I pray into each and every one of us a renewed understanding. I pray a renewed mind. I pray a revived life. I pray a restoration of consciousness into each and every one of us who we are in you. And I pray, Lord, that as we grasp the true identity of who you are, we will understand better who we are. And as a result of that understanding, we will be able to go on to understanding what it is that you call us to do in our lives, in our spheres of influence. Go in peace. Amen.